Hey guys, we want to welcome each one of you back to the Vintage Christian Truth podcast where we share real truth for real people to have real life in Jesus Christ. And it's, uh, we're so glad to have you listening with us again. Um, I'm Pastor Sam and I have Pastor Brian here with me. And, and as we start out our final episode of season one where we've been discussing different um, truths regarding the Christian church, um, we are going to have a very exciting discussion today on some uh, a, a very dangerous movement that has some very dangerous um, ideas and false teachings that are influencing many, many Christians around the world in a negative way. And that would be what we might some, sometimes call radical charismatic uh, beliefs or prosperity gospel, word of faith, name it, claim it. So we're going to try to address that in this podcast, and, and if you'll stay with us and if you'll listen, you'll probably be surprised to hear that many of their ideas and teachings has sadly influenced many churches and many pastors, possibly um, even at your church. So we want, to, we want to discuss this and make sure that no false teachings are, are leading any of us astray. So we're going to discuss that today, but as we get started... Um, Myself and Pastor Brian and many Christians all across the world have been grieved at what's going on right now in the United States. Um, another African-American man was, um, you know, unnecessarily harmed and killed at the hands of a white police officer. And, you know, as Christians, Brian, me and you have talked about this, but this is something where Christians cannot be silent on this. Um, we have to speak out against injustice. We have to speak out against oppression, uh, no matter who's doing it or, or who the perpetrator may be, or we have to speak out against injustice and oppression. And this obviously with, with this situation in Minnesota and many other instances across the United States and our history, um, we as Christians want to speak out against any type of racism, any type of, a, of oppression, any type of injustice. And so we want everyone to know that um, we as Christians stand uh, for, on the side of what is right and what is just, and we are so grieved and heartbroken um, over these situations that have been occurring, and we, and we pray for God to, to touch our nation and, and to bring healing and peace to us, and I think part of the way that God is bringing that about is through His church and His people um, speaking out against these evil things and calling for unity and love and compassion and understanding um, while also as angry as people may be, Brian, I, I know that you and I would probably be in agreement that that would not, uh, we in no way, shape or form, uh, encourage or condone harming innocent people or harm, harming people's private property or their businesses who really had nothing to do with the situation, but have kind of been caught in the middle. So we obviously condemn that type of violent, destructive behavior towards others, um, and uh, what are your thoughts on the on this developing situation? Well, I, I mean, I was I was angered by the video and and uh, and and hurt and you know disappointed. Uh, I'm I'm you know I'm former. I mean, I used to be a law enforcement officer, um, yeah. and uh, and I know the responsibilities that come with that. Um, I, I'm a white guy, uh, but but I don't have to be. I mean, I, I don't, I don't have to be a, a, a black man to see and call out racial injustice. And, and, uh, 
and, and human injustice. This this was a human rights issue. Yes, uh, I, I'm pro life, not because I, I not only because I don't want babies to be aborted, but also because I don't want anyone unnecessarily killed. Yes, that's and, right. Uh, and Proverbs twenty nine seven says the righteous considers the cause of the poor, um, but the wicked regards not to know it. Um, yeah. In other words, if if you consider yourself a Christian, if if we're if we are uh, Jesus loving, Jesus following people, uh, that it's wrong for us to see injustice and and ignore it. And and I don't know. Uh, I don't know where the church has been. I mean, I, and, and when I say the church, I, I'm mostly talking about me. I, I, I haven't been vocal enough in, in the past on things like this. And, uh, but for whatever reason, watching this video and, and we did watch, I mean, we watched a man die on, on video for sure. And it, and it was horrible. Um, but, but this, uh, this needs to be met, uh, with, with, with swift, aggressive, but but peaceful and gospel-filled opposition, um, you know, injustice is going to take place as long as there's sin in the world, and and yeah. and, and we have a sin problem. Uh, that that police officer, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's a if he calls himself a Christian. I don't even know if he if he's racist. But but what I could see was indifference towards uh, the life of a human being who was made in God's Im- God's image. Definitely. And uh and and Christians should be upset, Christians should be vocal and Christians should be taking whatever steps are necessary to do everything we possibly can to make sure that that uh that people aren't killed unnecessarily or senseless, senselessly. Uh law enforcement has a tough job and 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 I wouldn't I used to want to be, I mean, I, I think every young boy at some point in their life wants to be a cop when they grow up, you know what I mean? And, and I had those, I had those thoughts when I was a boy. Um, but I've got a, I've got a son, he'll, he'll soon be 16. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'll support him in whatever choices he makes in life. Right now, he's not on a path that says, dad, I want to go into law enforcement. And, and, uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm thankful, uh, yeah, because because of how diff- the job is necessary, but that job is so difficult in a climate that's this like it is right now. And so, uh, you know, God bless them. And uh, and we pray for wisdom for them uh, so that so that prayerfully uh, these sorts of things, uh, you know, begin to happen less and less um, because it is awful. Yeah, you're exactly right. And that's, you know, and like like we're saying, guys, you know, we as the church need to need to rise up, you know, and I'm, and I'm thankful to pastor such a wonderful church and, and we have a, you know, we kind of have a unique situation in Abbeville where we have an ethnically diverse church and we have African-Americans, we have whites, uh, we have even a full-blooded German, you could say that goes there. So a European, so we have different cultures and, and different ethnic groups that all worship Jesus Christ. And though we may not necessarily agree on every single uh, political issue. We may not all be of the same, I guess, uh, political party, but uh, Galatians 3.28, you, you know, clearly tells us that if you are a Christian and you are in Christ, that there is now neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, that we're all one in Christ and that we're all family and we're all blood brothers through the blood of Jesus Christ. And and I think as Christians, we have um, an obligation to speak up against injustice and pray for our police officers. Man, I'm telling you, those 
those guys have such a difficult job, and I, I totally respect them. And what one police officer did or what a small minority of police officers may have done, that doesn't uh, incriminate every law enforcement law enforcement officer in America because the vast majority of them are great, great people. And um, so we need to pray for our nation. Uh, we, You may want to prayerfully consider, you know, uh, even going to a protest, a peaceful protest, um, and just encouraging new legislation to possibly be examined and be passed in our countries and our states. Um, that would be a, a, a probably a wise course of action if you feel led to do that. Um, but most definitely, we need to continue to be God's people, shine his truth and his love through our lives and, and through the gospel, because only the gospel of Jesus has the power to change a dead, wicked man or woman's heart. And it will change. And the gospel of Jesus through the Holy Spirit will change us in such a way that we no longer see color. We no longer see um, any type of, of superficial divides as that nature. And we can love people. Uh, in a way that Jesus Christ loves us. And so we need to continue to move forward with the gospel and, and with prayer and um, and follow God's commandments to speak out against such things. Um, and we just, you know, me and Brian felt like we wanted to share that because that's definitely been on our hearts, this situation and what's going on in our nation as well. So, um, so now we're going to kind of segue into talking about um, something that, has been on my heart as I've been preaching through the book of Jude at our church at Lighthouse Community Church in Abbeville. And, and it's kind of got me, I'm, I've been talking to Brian, I'm sure he wishes I'd shut up, but I've gotten so fired up over this book <laughs> because I have seen so, as you go through that book of Jude, man, it's like the Holy Spirit really enlightens you and says, there are a lot of doctrines, there are a lot of practices there are a lot of just kind of deep-rooted beliefs that are in the quote-unquote Christian church today that are not vintage truth. They're not old-school, orthodox, historical, biblical truths, but they are these new kind of wacky truths that have kind of been introduced secretly into the church, and the devil has deceived many people, and now they're going about deceiving others with their false ideas and teachings. And one of those things would be the radical charismatic word of faith, name it, claim it system that really is wreaking havoc on the church worldwide. Um, and so Brian, I was going to ask you when, when you think about the word of faith, name it, claim it, prosperity, gospel, whatever people want to call it. W when you hear that, what, what kind of comes to mind or what do you, um, I mean, what do you start to think about or see in your mind when you hear that? Well, uh, honestly, a, a lot of frustration goes through my mind. I, I you know, because this, because this thing, um, and, and I know we're going to get there, but, but if I answer that question as honestly as I can, uh, a lot of frustration goes through my head because I've, I've known, I've known people who, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of folks on television that, that preach this false gospel. Um, oh yeah, and and typically, I th I think they're con artists, and yeah. and I think they're that the people that they prey upon, uh, typically are folks who have little. Oh yeah, and, and uh, you know it's it's elderly, it's it's people that are sick that that are in a place of desperation. Um, it, it's people who live in. Uh, live in, in, in places that are 
you know, that, that regions, entire regions are destitute. And there, and there is, there is one who, who, I mean, he preaches a prosperity gospel in the poorest per capita in the poorest, uh, uh, country in the world. Um, and, and the message is so richly and you'll be blessed richly. And so, yeah. and so, man, if I get, you know, a thousand dollars would, would change the life of someone over there as far as, you know, buying them groceries or medicine or, or paying bills for them and that sort of thing. And I mean, if you think about a person who a thousand dollars would absolutely change their life and that, that con artist on the other end of the TV says, you know, Jesus would rather you give that money to me and he'll give you $10,000 if you give yeah. that money to me or, or he'll fix your cancer. If you just give that money to me or he'll fill your freezer. If you, if you give that money to me, I mean, that, that is, uh, that, that is no different in my mind than someone, uh, you know, stealing, stealing your debit card number or, oh, yeah. or, uh, you know, uh, selling selling you something that does you know we've we've heard the you know ocean front property in arizona like you know like the you know from my front porch you can see the sea uh, uh <laughs> i mean there's you know that sort of like sometimes sometimes you i mean don't be sold something that doesn't exist um yeah there, there is no no place in scripture that that says that uh you know that if you if you uh that god intends for you to be healthy, wealthy, um, you know, all things right in the world of you, if you give your life to Jesus. And in fact, it's, it's, it's the complete opposite. Um, you know, there's what's said is that anyone who, who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will experience persecution and hardship. And, uh, Jesus said, you know, the world hates me. They're going to hate you if, you know, as long as you as long as you spread the message of me. And so, so I just, you know, it's lies and it's lies that have afforded a lot of men and women uh, who preach this false gospel to live extravagant lifestyles. And and if you find, if, if you find a preacher with a couple of private jets, you you probably found a dirty preacher. Oh yeah. I would think you could just fly commercial, but I mean, but, you know, and, and the listeners that are listening to this, when we're talking about this word of faith, prosperity gospel, the best way that I could explain it to somebody is this teaching that is very predominant in, in the church today. And it basically says this. It's always God's will for you to be totally healed, for you to be wealthy and for you to have uh, peace in all your relationships and for you to have just complete prosperity in everything that you set your mind to. Um, and if you will just have faith, then faith is more like a force or a mechanism that will activate God to serve you and work on your behalf and grant you the desires and wishes of your heart. As long as they are asked in faith and you believe as if you have them and you, you visualize that you have them, that by your faith, which they turn, they, they use the word faith, but they, They've redefined the word faith as a force or a power that pretty much is like a lever that if you will just have faith and speak it into existence, then God is obligated because of this law, this man-made idea of the law of faith, that he will grant you perfect health, wealth, and prosperity. And if you're not experiencing those things in your life, then that shows that you are at fault because you don't, quote, have enough faith. It's kind of like the force from Star Wars. 
Yeah, it is. I mean, <laughs> and, and if people research, I mean, <laughs> if you research into it, I mean, it, it's the word of faith movement is basically to me, it's some type of new age spiritualism. It's some type of, of mysticism, obviously, with some part of voodoo, black magic, divination and sorcery all mixed in into the same pot. But in order to get people to believe the lie, there has to be just enough Bible or Jesus sprinkled on top of it so that you'll ingest the poison of the lie. Um, and and that's, that's just what Satan is so good at. And so I'm equally outraged at it. Um, and you'll hear many people, maybe even in your church, where they'll say, don't speak that into existence. Or, you know, just claim that in Jesus' name and claim your healing because by his stripes we are healed. And Brian, I... I think, like you were saying, a lot of people that get sucked into this word of faith, name it, claim it, prosperity stuff, are people that are poor, they're desperate, they're uneducated, but most importantly, they're biblically illiterate. Right. They, you know, because these word of faith preachers like Joseph Prince and Kenneth Copeland and Jesse Duplantis and Creflo Dollar, uh, Benny Hinn, Joyce Meyer, I mean, these people here, especially Joseph Prince, I've never heard a guy I thought I could talk fast, Brian, but I'm going to tell you, that guy right there, he can say 500 words in one minute, and he's so he's like a car salesman. He can talk so fast that I have to go back on YouTube and almost rewind it, and he will use Greek words. He'll use, like, I think Hebrew words, and he'll sound very convincing. And when you get done, you have to do a double take because he has just enough truth in there, but then he twists it. And, he, and the definition he comes out with on the end isn't correct. But if you don't know the Bible well enough, you're never going to be able to tell. It's almost like, you know, you ever had those people call your house and they say, hey, is this Jesse Davis? Your warranty has just run out, you know. And, okay, well, what do I have to do to, you know, get my warranty renewed? Well, give me your checking account number and your Social Security number and we'll fix it. Well, why do so many people get scammed by that? I, I would say because it sounds convincing. Um, they may have a local phone number that flashes up on your smartphone. And so people get duped into giving them their information and they get their identity and bank accounts ripped off and drained. And Satan is doing the same thing in the church through these false teachers. Well, and, and there's a, um, yeah, these guys would make great car salesmen. Um, yep. because they, and, and if you look at, I mean, they're, they're well-dressed and they're, uh, you know, I mean, Joseph Prince is a good looking dude. Like, yeah, I mean, oh, you know, they're, I mean, got a cool haircut. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's, I mean, he's a good looking guy. And, and, you know, and, and if you look, I mean, you listen to, you listen to Creflo Dollar talk and look at what he's got. It would, it would lead you to believe that, man, this guy says God wants to give me this. Well, maybe he does because God certainly gave him that. And, and right. so, and so it's, uh, it's just, a, and, and I tell you, um, there's a slip. We, we hear, we hear terms slippery slope and, and we all know what that means. Um, I think there's a slippery slope that, and, and this is me thinking out loud now. So you tell me what you think. I okay. think there's a slippery slope, even in conservative churches where, where we feel that we can somehow place God in our debt and, and exhibit a, uh, is I think exhibit A is a sinner's prayer. Um, yep. Because, because if I, and, and the mindset now you'd never get somebody to say this, but, but essentially the mind, the mindset of a sinner's prayer is if you say these words, 
and mean it, then God has to save you. God has to do something for you because you have, by, by saying this prayer, you have placed God in your debt. Never mind. Right. You know, it, there's, there's not enough. There, there's no, a lot of times there's no effort in trying to get people to understand their depravity. There, there's, there's, there's no effort in, in, uh, in helping people to see their hopelessness without Christ. Um, there, there's no, you know, there is like, I've, I've met folks that there was no evidence whatsoever, uh, of any regenerative work of the Holy spirit. There, there was no, uh, there was no desperation. There was no guilt over sin. There was nothing, but there was, what was present is say this prayer with me. And if you say yep. this prayer, then God will save you. And the mindset was almost, man, if I can just get him to say this prayer, then he'll be good. And, and right. as, almost as though that prayer puts God in, in that person's debt so that they, so that God has to save them. And, and yeah. you know, they won't, they, they might've lived like hell while they were here. Uh, there was, there was no, no evidence of repentance, no evidence of, of conversion, but they said that prayer that one time and bless God, they're saved because I was there when he said it and the preacher baptized him and it was all made official. Um, well, right. well, that's, that's, there's, you can't prove that biblically. And if you can't prove yeah. it biblically, it's not true. Um, in fact, well, that, that now I'm with you. I, I was just going to jump in and say part of the problem. And I know you've just recently had some encounters with people that are kind of radical charismatics. Right. And I'm, when I say radical, people think, oh, you're talking about the fringe element. No, I'm talking about mainstream, some of your best-selling authors like Joel Osteen. Right, I mean, if right. you're calling him, if you're saying that's a fringe element, he's ta he's the face in a lot of ways of American Christianity, even though if you went to his church and you were lost going to hell, you would never hear about sin. You would never hear about God's commandments and how we failed to keep them. You'd never hear about God's wrath and his holiness you probably won't never hear about the cross of Jesus only if it was mentioned in a different way other than what it really is, which is we are so wicked that God had to die for us, yet we're so loved that he was willing to do it. And Jesus had to die to pay the punishment for our sins. You're not going to hear that, and you're not going to hear the call to repent, to change your life, to be in line with Christ, and out of love, trust and follow and obey his commandments and word. You're going to hear something like this. God wants you to be happy. God wants you to be wealthy. God wants you to feel good about yourself. So if you'll just say this prayer and ask Jesus into your heart or your life, and if you will just walk by these principles that God has revealed to me, and he's written many books, whether it's Your Best Life Now or The Power of I Am, um, which is borderline blasphemy in my Absolutely. eyes, because there's only one great I Am, and that's Yahweh God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the one true God. But in his belief system, it's kind of like, well, once you say this prayer and you ask Jesus into your heart, now God is going to serve you and make you be fulfilled and happy and give you all your hopes and desires and give you the American dream. When that could that I mean, I don't see how you could get even further from the true biblical gospel than that. But you know what? Americans love it because they don't mind having a God that's going to serve them and make them healthy, wealthy and happy. They but the call to deny yourself crucify your flesh take up your cross and follow christ that's a message that people are not wanting to hear so therefore he's going to avoid that altogether um and it turns into this word of faith mess well well you're not gonna you're not gonna hear anything about about sin or about hell uh in that church and, and or repentance and and crucifying yourself 
and that's why his church is so big. Remember, I mean, the Bible tells us that <laughs> that that uh, that they'll, there's going to come days where people will rise up, you know, bring up teachers themselves who will say whatever their itching ears want to hear, and and we reveal we reveal what we want to, you know, what we want to hear and and what we want to come into our lives by those things that we that we invest in and that we participate in and that sort of thing. And so we don't want a God who is sovereign and holy and, and, and does all in accordance with his will. We want a God who, who will serve us and we can put in our debt. The same God who says the the same people who say, say this prayer and God has to save you that they become the people who, who say, Hey, and, and I've heard Osteen say, you know, your words release your power. You got to, yeah, you know, speak it out loud. But there's power in you to 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 you know that that you can use to to make these things manifest in your life. If you if you if you you know if you pray and you speak out loud, my you know I have plenty of money uh, and I'm healthy and and I'm successful and I am this and I am that and the other. Uh, like all of a sudden, it's going to be true um because god has to make it true because words release yep. your power and god is a god is not a, a sovereign and holy and righteous god of the bible he instead is is someone that you that you tell what you want and he has to give it to you no you're i that's i couldn't have said it no better and that's what's so dangerous you know and and then this mentality that we become little gods once we become quote unquote christians in that belief system and so now since we're gods we now have power. So, so they twist the Holy Spirit power that, you know, the power to do exceedingly abundantly above all. They twist that to mean, hey, look, don't limit God. If you want a BMW, visualize you have it and speak it forth in Jesus' name. And if you have faith, he'll give it to you. So they twist all the verses, most of the verses that they, they mess with, they just mangle to bits in order to fit their system. And the reason they're, they're kind of going towards that system, I believe, is because they want the praises of men, and they want to be um, they want to be wealthy themselves, and they have figured out that there are a lot of poor sheep that are gullible and they don't know the word of God well enough. And if you'll just say it's a church, and you mention Jesus every now and then, that as long as you're telling them what they want to hear, um, they're going to continue to come and buy your books and put money in the plate. And the only people that really get prosperous off of that that watered down gospel, that word of faith mess, are the preachers themselves. I mean, it's it, it should shock us, and I don't know why that more people don't speak up against that as well, because that is another just horrific thing. And and when you try to reason with people that are radical charismatics, they'll say, "Well, God spoke to me. God gave me a vision, or God told me to do this." I don't know. Me and you talked about that revival down in Florida around, I think it was Pensacola. And I don't know if it was Todd Bentley. I, you may have to correct me on this. I can't remember, Brian, if it was Todd, Todd Bentley. Todd Bentley worked in up, Orlando. Okay. Well, he it was some revival in Florida where the guy had stomach cancer, and he came up there. Yeah, that was Bentley. And Okay. And, he, and he's, you know, and the guy comes up there for prayer. Well, he doesn't, I guess he gets prayer, but he gets drop kicked in the stomach. And this Todd Bentley, they said, well, why did you drop kick the guy in the stomach? He said, well, I had to be obedient to the Lord. So it's so scary when you when people that buy into this word of faith movement, they may claim to believe the Bible is the word of God. But in their practical everyday lives, the Bible is not the final authority. 
their feelings, their emotions, their hunches, their intuitions, their dreams. That's what they rely on, and their experience determines what is true, not the authoritative word of God. So they can say, well, I'm sorry I punched you, or I'm sorry I caused division in your church, or I'm sorry I did this, but I had to be obedient to God. And all of a lot of those twisted beliefs flow from the Word of Faith movement, which basically says that, you know, you have become a God, you decide what's right and wrong for yourself, and that God is only there to serve and bless you and help you be happy. Well, and don't you think there's also a, and and this is this is one of the, just one of the, just one of the, uh, of the reasons why I think there's there's this this movement is blasphemous, is if you if you if you adhere to that that line of thinking that that the holy spirit is in you and and you can that that your words release your power that that power belongs to you and you can use that power to manifest things into your life um you know biblical teaching is that it's christ living in you that 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 the active party in, in that is is Jesus is the Holy Spirit, and so if if Galatians two uh, if Galatians two twenty and twenty one is true, then it's you know the life I now live I live by the the faith of the Son of God who loved loved me and gave Himself for me. So so that faith active in you is the is the faith of Jesus that that the Holy Spirit moves and guides and directs his his people, but but the Word of Faith movement reduces the Holy Spirit to essentially a genie in the bottle that that no i'm in the driver's seat and and the holy spirit must serve me um yeah and that is so very dangerous um that there is there is i mean you you cannot biblically defend it and to say it like me saying it out loud i'm sure i doubt a i doubt anybody who ascribes to this theology would listen to me and you um i'm sure they would have they'd be done clicked off long cut us off but if you know, if a person, if a person who is, you know, who who feels that way would were were listening to me right now, and I said that, they would hear that and think that's crazy. I feel like yeah. surely they would. They would they would hear that and say, well, that's crazy. The Holy Spirit is not a, you know, I, I'm not in, I'm not in the driver's seat. God is. Well, well, yeah. well you you act like you are. I mean, I you know, yeah. I might say. I might say a thousand things, but if but if my life tells you different, then what are you going to believe? My words or my actions? And and uh, well, it's like you were saying too. With the whole, the, to me, the 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 role of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life is sanctification. I mean, the power to do exceedingly abundantly above all is not a blank check for you to name and claim whatever you want. And if you have enough faith, then God's obligated to give it to you. It's the Holy Spirit is working in me and you to conform us to the image of Christ. Right. To to produce the fruit of the Spirit. And that's the Bible to, verse. Bible. Yeah, and that's scriptures. That's <laughs> not mine or your personal hunches. That's not just some vision. This. This, is, this, is, yeah. this is quoting Bible verse right there. And, and that's the way you're supposed to do a Christian life is because God has given us a more sure prophetic word, 1 Peter chapter 1, 19 through 21, because the Holy Spirit guided the authors of the of the holy writings of the 66 books to give us a clear uh, and reliable um, documented word that would guide us into the will of God. So we don't have to play a guessing game. We don't have to stand outside and say, Lord, 
give me a vision as to what you want me to do or give me a feeling so I'll know what to do. He's told us his will clearly in the word of God. And but for them, when when you talk about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's job is to cause us to understand the word, to believe the word, to lovingly and joyfully serve our God and our Redeemer, Jesus Christ, to be more like him and to reflect him. Um, And so when people start talking about, well, God has given me this resurrection power of Jesus. Now I can go out and do whatever I want. Uh, that's not the role of the Holy Spirit. And, and so that's, I mean, that's just one of the many problems. And, and, and you see this where they'll say, God's will is always for you to be healed by his stripes where you're healed. And Brian, I mean, I've talked to people and I've explained, I'm sure as if we're talking about God's will, we define God's will probably in two different ways is, his will of disposition, and then, well, maybe three ways, his revealed will and his sovereign will. So God's heart, I'm sure God does not delight in his people being sick, but part, yes, by Jesus' stripes, we are healed. We will be healed. We are, we're healed spiritually at salvation, and we will one day be totally and eternally healed when we see Jesus and we get our resurrected glorified bodies. But not all the benefits of redemption are going to be applied to us right here, right now. Paul clearly says in Romans 8, 23, we are awaiting the redemption of our bodies. So sometimes it is God's will, even though it saddens him, God may permit or allow or sometimes cause sickness to come into our lives. But as his children, we know that he is causing or permitting that sickness or that trouble. It's for a greater good in order to bring us closer to him and various other reasons that he has. But to simply tell people it's always God's will for you to be healthy and happy. And if you're not, then you may not be a real Christian and you may not have real faith. To me, that does undue damage on people. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, I've been at a revival where, where a young lady who was in a wheelchair was told that if she had enough faith that she would stand up out of her wheelchair. Oh my God. And, and, uh, and I was, I was asked to lead worship at that revival. I, I became, I mean, I'll just be honest. I was violently angry. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it uh, I mean, of course she wasn't able to stand up. Um, she tried, yep. she, the, the, the preacher and his wife stood over and they spoke in tongues and they did all this other stuff. And then they stood her up out of her chair. And as soon as they let her go, she fell back down. Well, John eight, I think it's John eight. Uh, the, the blind guy, uh, the, yep. Jesus John, healed, nine. John nine. Okay. So Jesus yep. is a blind guy in John nine. And, and the disciples asked, uh, is it because of his sin or his parents' sin that he's blind? And Jesus said, "It's you know because of neither of their sin, but that the glory of God might be revealed." Uh, and and he healed him. Well, then you got Paul, and 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 I would say, I would say that Paul is my favorite of the Bible writers. And 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 if you ask me, what fella has the greatest faith in history? Uh, you know, wh- whose faith in Jesus was, was the greatest in all of redemptive history, I would say it's probably Paul. Um, oh, yeah. All right. Well, Paul lived with a thorn in his side that God refused to remove. Yeah. And, and, and said, no, this, this keeps you humble um, and keeps you relying on me. And so, you know, I, I think about a guy and, and there's a, there's a fellow, he's a writer. His name is Nick something. Uh, and I, and I could see his last name but I can't say it. I'll butcher it. I know I will. And I don't want to do God disservice, <laughs> but, but he has, he has no arms. Uh, he's got no yeah. legs, 
and he calls. Now I'm not. This is not me making fun of him. He he calls what he has attached to his hip on. I believe the left side. He calls it a flipper. It's an it's an yeah. undeveloped foot. All right. It's, wow. There's a there's a bone in there, I believe. But he can use that that what the what he calls a flipper, his hips, his torso, and his and his undeveloped foot to stand himself up if he falls down. He he swims like that. And, wow. and he makes the very most of his life by going and speaking and sharing his his uh shared a message of hope with with people who are who are uh who are physically or mentally handicapped i mean he's he's making a difference in people's lives big time and and you know one of uh, uh, if he was a word of faith type of person he'd probably be real aggravated and think that there is no god because if his faith was great enough he'd grow arms and legs while he was in bed one night and he'd wake up the next day and be whole well, yeah. Ephesians one eleven says that it's God who works all things after the counsel of His own will. So, yeah. so if I'm if if I'm born with, you know, no arms, no legs, and a flipper, uh, then then that's that's how God intends for me to live His life, and so or so but and or my life or whoever's life. So so evidently, God intends for me to 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 bring Him glory through my physical handicaps and infirmities there there's i mean why what if that lady at that revival that i saw if what if god has great plans for her that he intends for her to live out from a wheelchair and oh, and, yeah. and and you as a as a as a prosperity preacher as a health and wellness preacher uh you would stand opposed to god's will um because god i mean there's no way that his will can can uh, can be for her to be you know, in a wheelchair. Well, he put her there, didn't he? I mean, right. are, is God sovereign or is he not? Uh, does God work all things? And they deny that. His will or does he not? And see, they deny that completely. You know, they will pretty much, Andrew Womack, who's another word of faith guy that you probably, our listeners may see on TVN, but he's another guy that just flat out denies the sovereignty of God. And he, I don't know what exactly his view is, but I know what his view is not, and he does not believe that God is in complete sovereign control of everything and everybody. And, you know, and that's why, it? yeah, that, I mean, <laughs> I just, you know, when you think about that, man, it's just, you know, it's just like my dad being paralyzed and, 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 and we know that God can heal him. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that God can heal him tonight. Um, and we've had the elders, we've anointed him with oil. We've laid hands. We prayed on him according to James chapter five. And, We've prayed the, the prayer of faith as best as we've known how to do it. But sometimes it is God's will for his people to suffer. But if he allows you to suffer, uh, number one, he's going to be with you in that fiery furnace. And then number two, when you come through that valley and you will come through it, because no matter what amount of suffering you and I or our listeners go through on this earth, um, no matter what valley we may be in or going through, we're going to come out on the other side. It is not eternal because Jesus is going to take us to a place where righteousness will dwell and he's going to make a new earth and a new heaven. So we know that our, our suffering is only temporary. Um, and if God ordains it or allows it, it's going to be for our good and it's going to bring God glory. So who's to say that that man with no arms and no legs through his life and his testimony of the power of Jesus, his preaching and his life can bring more glory to God than say my life. Oh, sure. Because, I mean, I've got a pretty comfortable life. I mean, I know my dad's in a tough bind, and that's 
that puts a lot of added pressure on the family members to pick up the slack. But at the same time, I count it a joy because as I serve and help my dad, I'm reminded of how much Jesus serves and graciously looks out for me, even though I don't deserve it. So God can work. God, well, it's not God can work. Romans eight twenty eight. God does work all things together for our good as his people who love him. So for prosperity preachers to simply say that God is in control, God, God is not in control, God doesn't have a plan, um, God is waiting on you to activate your faith so he can be enabled to do something, to me, that's blasphemy. Uh, maybe uh, I would say it would have to be very close to it um, because God is in control and nothing can happen unless God causes it or he permits it. And so if God has caused a sickness or God has allowed a sickness, then I would say go to a doctor, you know, take medicine, pray, trust God that he can heal you. But if he doesn't, just know that he's going to give you the grace that you need and he's going to sustain you till his plan or purpose for you is complete. Well, and you, you mentioned, you know, in the fiery furnace, well, what did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego pray before they went in that our God is able to save us from the fiery furnace. But, but whether he does and he, or he doesn't, we're, we're going to, we're going to worship our God. Um, and, and, and I've That's heard, a, and, I've heard a lot of, a lot of faith and wellness, you know, faith and or faith, David Famic, you know, Mamet Claimant people, uh, or or prosperity preachers. I've heard them, I've heard them quote Hebrews eleven, um, quite a bit, and 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 I would, yeah, it makes sense because because that's the hall of faith. It defines faith at the beginning, and then it gives you all these examples of amazing things happening because uh, because of faith. Um, well, I would encourage you, and if you're, you know, if you're if you're a listener and you're, you're suffering some, you, you're, you're having some difficulty and, and you know, you might've, you might've dug into Hebrews 11 yourself and, and have seen, you know, all these amazing things that God has done, uh, you know, by faith, this, by faith, that, and you see a lot of famous people there. You see Noah, you see Moses, you see Abraham, you see all these, you know, old Testament saints who, who amazing things happen for. I would encourage you to get down, get down into the 30 somethings. And, and, and yeah. what you'll see is, You'll see by faith God, and and He talks His way through all these ways that God uh, delivered people. Um, you know, He closed the mouths of lions, He He quenched the fires in a furnace. He did, and and we could kind of we could speculate as to who those people are. We got a good idea as to who He's talking about, even if He didn't give names. Um, yeah. But you go immediately with no transitional material whatsoever. You know, God delivered by faith. God delivered, 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 delivered. And then these people were sawn in two and these people were, were tortured to death and these people were maimed and these people were beaten. And, and it's just this, you know, you, you got, you got faith active, but you've got from time to time, God saving or, or delivering. And then you've got people who were killed, but, but, it, yeah. but when they were killed, their faith was still active because they trust, they trusted God. If I die today, to be absent from the body is to be present before the Lord. If I, if I die today, then, uh, then I'm good. I'm trust, I'm trusting God with my death. And, and, uh, and so, you know, to, to, for someone, if anyone ever stands in front of you and says, it is not God's will for you to suffer. Uh, you know, if you have enough faith, you know, this will happen for you or that will happen for you. It's not God's will for you to be poor. It's not God's will for you to be broke. It's not God's will for you to, not have things if, if anybody ever says that to you 
how can God's will for you be so much better than, than God's will for his people in, in the New and Old Testament who were persecuted and put to death for believing in Jesus? Um, That's so Jesus said, no, you're if, exactly. if, they, if they persecute me and kill me, how can we, if, if they kill our master, how can we expect to, to receive any greater treatment? Oh, yeah. And you look at all the apostles, you know, even I think about Peter and I know at Fairview Baptist Church in Samson, you're preaching through the book of Acts. Right. And, and I've really been I've been enjoying that series. And and one thing that comes to mind is when Peter is in jail, you know, the church prays for him. And you tell me if I'm wrong, but the church prays for him and God miraculously sets him free from that from that jail, from that prison. Mm -hmm. And he escapes with his life. But then if you read the end of John chapter 21 and you read church history, you will see at the end uh, under the emperor Nero, Peter was arrested and he was crucified upside down. So the reason I'm mentioning those two historical events in the life of the apostle Peter is to tell myself and everyone else that God has all power. He is in complete control. And sometimes, you know, we are commanded to have faith. And, and we are told in James chapter 1 that if we don't have faith or James, yeah, James chapter 1, um, you know, if I believe it's James chapter 1. It may be chapter 4. But if we don't have faith, then we can't expect that we're going to receive anything from yeah, the Lord. But at the, okay, but at the same time, uh, God is in complete sovereign control and he alone will decide what is best for his people and for his glory. And so sometimes God will set you free and bring healings and miracles. And like we did on a previous podcast, we said that, you know, nowhere in the Bible does it say that those spiritual gifts have ceased. So we are, you know, cautious continuationists in regards to that, that God can do miracles and God can heal and we should have faith and trust him. But sometimes God doesn't choose to heal us right here and right now, but he allows us to maybe suffer, maybe to go through difficulties. And he allows us to die because through our suffering and death, we can bring more glory to him. And we know that through the death, even our darkest valley of death, to die is gain because we will go and be with the Lord Jesus Christ. So God always has a plan and we just need to trust him and follow him and love him. Uh, even when things don't make sense, we, we may not understand what God's hand is up to, but we need to trust God's heart. And we need to realize that uh, he knows what's best for us. And trusting him is not just saying, Lord, I know you can do it. But I think biblical faith is saying, Lord, I trust you that you will do what is best for me. And what is best for me is that I know you and I enjoy you more fully and that I magnify you because that's my heart's desire. Well, one of the one of the instances and, and God busted Peter out a few times, um, but one of the. One of the instances when Peter was was busted out was in Acts five, and and it says that they were thrown in the jail and then they were brought out of the jail by the angel of the Lord and and but what the angel told Peter was go to the temple and preach the word of life to the people. So Amen. so when God delivered, it was because God still had work for Peter to do for God's glory. Um, yes. You know, let's let's not forget. When, when, you know, when uh, selfishness, uh, you know, our selfishness is never God's purpose. Uh, yep. I, I've never seen any biblical example where where God glorified our selfishness. Um, God is for God. Um, he is, he is yep. for his glory and for his renown and for his namesake. 
And so, uh, and so when Peter was busted out, uh, it was, it was for the purpose of, of Peter going and, and preaching the word to people. And, and when, uh, I mean, what I, what I understand is that whenever Peter was arrested finally and it stuck and, and Nero, uh, you know, crucified him, but you know, Peter, not not willing to be crucified in the same way that his master was crucified upside down. Um, the the uh, evidently, I mean, evidently God was done with Peter and and ready yeah. and ready to bring Peter home. What we're ready to welcome Peter into his eternal rest. Um, yes. And so, uh, you know, we trust God that that uh, that that the day before we are supposed to die, we are bulletproof. That that, yeah. that nothing will nothing will take our lives because God still has purpose for us for his glory. But then once, you know, as soon as that purpose has run its course, that he will bring us into his everlasting rest, just like he has done with so many, uh, you know, Sam and I both, uh, if you, if you listen to this podcast and you wonder, uh, I wonder, I wonder, you know, who has influenced these two guys? Cause I ask people like, if, if I hear some theological error in some of their thinking, I, well, who do you read? Like who's, who is speaking into you? Um, because I, I want to know, okay, who, what do we got to do here? Uh, but if you listen yeah, to Sam yeah. and I and you wonder, well, well, who, you know, who influences these guys? I can tell you too. Um, and, and they have recently gone on to into their eternal rest. And that was RC Sproul and, uh, and Ravi Zacharias. Um, yeah, oh yeah. Two great friends who, who, uh, who serve God together, who, who, preached the word together who uh taught and influenced men and women all over the globe together and and uh and men who apparently have completed their work um they have they have brought so much glory to god uh throughout the, the course of their lives and it, whether it's raising godly children uh leading godly churches or ministries uh making themselves available to people the world over um, I mean, they, they served and they loved and they brought glory to God with every, you know, with all ounce of their being. And whenever their work was done, God faithfully took them home. And, and I'm, I mean, and with Robbie, Robbie's was just recently, uh, as much as I would love to still have Robbie Zacharias in the world, I'm grateful that God didn't allow him to suffer. Um, he was, sick. Yep. he was sick. He was given a diagnosis. His diagnosis was was uh was grim his time was short and, and he went to heaven and so uh and i'm grateful for that i hate to hate i would have hated to hear robbie uh suffering you know i mean i, I know you did some but 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 i'm glad that, that that didn't tarry out long you know well like you were saying in second timothy four i was thinking about paul where he said look i fought the good fight of faith I have, you know, run the race i finished my course right you know now now i'm being poured out so I mean, for, for false teachers to tell people in the church, hey, if you just have, and you know, as we kind of wind this up, another thing that bothers me about it, Brian, is this um, this idea of kind of a, a car salesman mentality, as we've already mentioned, where they say, if you will come to Jesus, and if you will give money to me and to the church, and, and you will, quote unquote, be a Christian, then God will give you money and health and prosperity and victory and, and pretty much grant you your heart's desire, just like a genie in the bottle. And so what happens is people quote unquote, start going to church. They identify themselves maybe as Christians, 
Um, but they really are not doing things out of a love for Jesus to know him and to exalt him. But they're coming to Jesus in order to see what kind of cool, new, shiny toy he's going to give them. So the way I think about it is, are, if you're a listener and you say you're a Christian and you say you know Jesus and you believe the gospel, do you give money just so that you'll get back? Because if I think if you're giving just to get wealthy, then are you really giving out of love for Jesus to advance him or are you giving to love and advance yourself? Right. You know, do, do, are you coming to Christ because, hey, I want Jesus to make me healthy. I want Jesus to, to prosper my business. I want Jesus to make me feel good about me. Well, then if you're only coming to Jesus for what you can get from him and you're not coming to Jesus simply because you love him and he lived and died and rose again for you to save you from eternal hell, to adopt you into the family of God and give you life, joy, and peace eternal with him. If that's not what you're serving him for, you're not serving God for God's sake, but you're trying to make him into your servant, which is the essence, in my view, of this Word of Faith Prosperity Preacher. I would say many people in that movement, dare I say, are not even born-again Christians to start out with because the gospel, quote-unquote, they have subscribed to is a false doctrine of devils. Yeah, yeah, well, and... And I, you know, I would just encourage people, man, use, use common sense because if it don't pass the sniff test and here's, and here's what I mean by that. Um, if, you know, Todd Bentley's ministry claimed that that, that, that was a healing ministry. Um, and yet, and yet there's, I mean, how many cancer research centers are there in the, how many, how many children's cancer facilities are there in the country? As and many St. Jude's is a great. I've one. never heard if I, if God were to give me that gift, I would rush to St. Jude's. And I think we've mentioned that already that, you yeah. know, that there's never any fruit. Where's the fruit? Um, they just take your money. I mean, have you, I mean, you've been preaching through the book of Acts and every time I see the apostle John or Peter or Paul, where God gives them the gift of healing or miracles, they never charge money to people. They never have two hours worth of music. They never have to have a big tent or a big stadium or coliseum to have a, quote, healing crusade. Um, they, they, if God has freely given that gift, then they will freely give that all for the glory of God and not for their self, uh, not for their own self-enrichment and not for their own self-aggrandizement. Right. Well, and that's what I think a lot of them do. Well, and the, you know, if, if, if you hear a guy talking about, uh, you know, if you'll just give this money, then, then, uh, you know, then your bank account will fill up. You just, you just, you know, words release your power. And, and if you'll speak it, that I have plenty of money, that I, that I'm prosperous, that I'm healthy, that I'm, doesn't that sound, I mean, it, it just sounds more like, you know, David Copperfield or Chris Angel mind freak that it does, yeah. that it does the apostles of the new Testament. I mean, it, it you know, yeah. uh, it, it, that's, that's magic and sorcery. And, and when, when when Sam when we started this, uh, Sam said that this is more akin to to magic and witchcraft and sorcery than it is gospel preaching, and it's yeah. true. I mean that is that is uh that is not, I mean you could find the same thing if you if you drive to a place where they're uh, you know tarot card readers or you know uh, you know voodoo priests and priestesses. I mean if you if you if you go to some of these places that we would look at and say, wow, they're crazy. If you, if you 
put some, if you think of your favorite prosperity preacher and smudge some dirt on his face, give him dreadlocks and, and, and a wild outfit and a doll in his hand, and the message is the same. Um, yeah. It, it, it yeah. is exactly the same. And the only difference between, and I think the devil's realized he can't dupe people necessarily into the black arts or black magic. Because so many people are like, oh, Ouija boards are bad and horoscopes are bad. But if you dress them up well. Yeah, if you dress them up well and they sprinkle just a little bit of Jesus and they twist a few Bible verses out and they say, well, if you want to know the future, don't go to the tarot cards. If you want to know the future, follow me. I have a special anointing that you don't have. And I can see mysteries, which is neo-Gnosticism. They don't know what Gnosticism is. Y'all check that out. That's in the Word of Faith movement big time with all these alleged... Uh, revelations and, and I do believe that God can give people dreams and visions and that but at the same time everything the Holy Spirit gives you is going to line up and come straight from the Word of God I mean in the book of Acts Paul had visions uh, Peter did but it was always about applying and understanding the Word of God whether it be Paul don't go here go there or it could be Peter quit saying that the Gentiles are unclean or this food is unclean I have now made them clean it's not some vision about, hey, if you'll go down here to this third house tomorrow, there'll be four donkeys. You can sell them and make a thousand denarii, and then you can buy yourself a big house on the Sea of Galilee and really live the abundant life. It's not, right, you know, right. it's not, you know, that, but they do that. And it's the same way with whether it's voodoo or sorcery, black magic, where they say, hey, I have, a, and didn't you preach one time about the girl that had a spirit of divination? And how people paid her money because she could, I guess, with somewhat, not complete accuracy, but I guess well enough that her reputation got around that she could kind of see mysteries and she could prophesy and speak about the future. So she was a pretty, you know, was making money. But then when Paul and them came into town um, and they kept following them around, Paul just finally went up to her and cast the demon out of or didn't some other people try to do it and the demon come out and whoop them and then Paul cast it out? Yeah, well, it, uh is that the same story, or do I have them mixed up? I know the seven sons of Sceva were looking for something like it, but but that what they had heard was that Paul was was doing these amazing things in the name of Jesus, and and they just felt like, well, well, we would, you know, we'd like the power to do that too, and wanted to buy it. So they found him a demon possessed guy, and uh, and said, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, uh, we cast you out, and they said. They said, "We know Jesus, and we've heard of Paul, but who are you?" And uh, and and it's, the Bible says that they that the demon whipped them or jumped on them and bested them, and they ran away bloody and naked. And and uh, <laughs> now I don't know. I've been. In, I mean, I've been in some in some scraps. Uh, I ain't never run off bloody and naked. If you run off bloody and naked, you got your tail beat. That's just the way that exactly. is. Exactly. And, uh, and and but what that. I mean, I guess what it signifies to me is is the is how much of a joke this uh, this attitude or this idea is that you know that I can do these things and make money, I can do these things and and uh, and prosper, or I can do these things and and people will uh, people will look at me like I'm somebody uh, because that was their goal was to make money. Well, I would argue. Yeah. That if that if you have the gift of you know uh, this gift of healing or this gift of miracles or something like that, why does someone need to send you a gift of a thousand dollars 
before you're willing to do something for them. You're you're no different than those false teachers in, in Acts that, that got wore out by a demon and run off bloody and naked. The only problem is exactly. I, I wish there was somebody that would jump on them and beat them and let them run off bloody and naked because uh because <laughs> it would expose them as the as the as the jokes that they are. So um, well you know it's almost like the way Paul said with Alexander and Hermeneus and first timothy chapter yeah. one where he said look i've handed these over to satan so they'll learn not to to speak evil to blasphemy and too many of the church today just allows these these radical charismatics with their so-called revelations and their mysteries and anointings and supposed healing gifts or whatever they may claim they just allow them to go unchecked in the church and it is causing a lot of damage and havoc in so many people's lives and that's why, as I was reading, preaching through the book of Jude, where he says, fight for the truth. Um, you know, we need to fight their false philosophies and their their ideas with the truth of God's word. Because once we bust out the sword of the spirit, uh, then we can cut the, the ropes and the chains that are shackling so many people across the world today with this false view of God, this false view of Jesus, this false view of the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and it, they've incorporated voodoo and black magic and sorcery and, I, dare I say, witchcraft into the church. And they basically say, just like any, any witch doctor would do, hey, give me some money and then I will cast a spell or I will say some words and then I'll reverse your fortune. Well, what's the difference between what these, you know, these con men, these wolves in sheep's clothing are doing, but instead of the church rising up and saying no, that's, you know, godliness, you know, where Paul says in First Timothy chapter 6, some people think that they can use God as a means of making them financially wealthy. And Paul says, no, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And people have pierced themselves with many pains because of that. And that's, what I, that's what's so sad with the modern American church, partly, is because we are trying to tell them, hey, you want to be healthy, wealthy, and, and have prosper, uh, be prosperous, then just come to Jesus and, and speak these words and give this money to me and my anointing will be released on you and you can have everything you want and more. Well, I'll be honest. I, I, I think the reason that we're here, uh, if you, if you like, we, we've been like Bible says that we've been predestined to be conformed to the image of the son. So, so we as Christians are to be what we, we're like our, direction should be that we're growing more and more and more like Jesus. Amen. Jesus is referred to in scripture as the lion of the tribe of Judah. Um, you know, Jesus yep. was meat because he, he had all this power, but, but elected to be gentle instead. Now, until, until he went into the, you know, until he went into the church house and found a bunch of money changers. And, and then, then you saw the lion. Well, yep. well, if you, if you if you are meek, but you remove the lion, meekness turns into weakness really quick. And yep. and in the church today, um, it, well, and you and I both know the statistics. It's it's you don't get a lot of churches, a lot of scenarios today where the men of the family come to church, but the women don't. It's always the ladies come to church, but the men won't. And and yep. men. Uh, men are the minority in most church families. Um, oh, yeah. And, uh, and if that, that, I mean, that's a problem because the, the strength of that family unit is absent. 
Um, he's supposed to be there. He's supposed to be strong. He's supposed to represent the, the, uh, you know, the, the, the mighty character of God, the warrior character of God to a degree. And, uh, yep. and when me, when men, uh, when men are weak, uh, and, and refuse to call out, uh, you know, falsehood, um, you're going to have things like this run rampant and, and, yep. and people are, people are just, it, this thrives because nobody's willing to stand up and expose false teaching. And I, I think, uh, I think the church in America suffers for it. Um, yeah. And I think part of it, the reason why they, I think part of the reason real quick is I think that they say, well, Sam, how can you say that what they're doing is wrong? Look at all the people that are coming. Look at, look at all the quote unquote lives that have been changed. And that's evidence that God is blessing what they're doing. And my response would be that if you go down here to Cowboys here in Dothan, when it, I guess when it does open, and they have hundreds of happy customers that are drinking and having a good old time. And I'm not saying all of that is bad. I'm not. But I'm just using this as an analogy that all those people down there happy and karaoke and drinking and having a good time. Does that mean that God is blessing what Cowboys is doing as a Christian ministry? And they would say, no, of course not. And I would say, well, you can't use the same metrics on the church because when Jesus was preaching, he got from several thousand people down to 12 people. Oh, if you yeah. read John chapter John six, six, I mean, if you yeah. read John six, I mean, he goes from, Hey, he's the most popular preacher in the world to now he's down to a small group. Right. When, so, when did the litmus you know, test become, there's a lot of people there. Like, like exactly. I can get a lot of people to come to something. Uh, Preach word of faith. Yeah, yeah, and you, that's, you, that's what bothers me, you know? Yeah. You, you can get a lot of people to come to stuff. You, you can get people to, to become emotional and, and, and moved uh, emotionally in, in, but, but you, you know, you got to say the things that get them there and, uh, you know, yep. uh, message of, of sin, repentance, crucifying self, the, the reality of hell, that's not popular. Um, no, and, so, and, and I'm tell, and I know that firsthand because when you, you know, part of it is if, and I'm blessed, I have such a wonderful church and I'm so thankful for all of our, our elders and deacons and members, but I know that, you know, for, for a while, I kind of thought to myself, I'm like, well, Lord, who is going to come to this, to my church if I'm preaching the word of God, like me and you do expositional preaching verse by verse, typically through books of the Bible in order, you know, who's going to come because we don't have the greatest rock and roll band. I mean, we don't have the cool light stage. We don't have the cool background. And, and what I have discovered through youth ministry and pastoring the church and a similar situation to what you're in is it doesn't matter necessarily what the atmosphere is or what it looks like because I've had countless people come up to me. I've had several people come up to me and tell me, Sam, the reason I come to this church is because you really preach the word and I get spiritually fed and I can't find that nowhere else. And I have visited numerous churches. And to me, that's sad. I mean, it makes me happy that they come. But it's so sad that so many big churches in this area, even here, are so influenced by this watered down gospel um, preaching that just God is here to serve you and he's going to bless you and he loves you no matter what you do. And he just wants to make you healthy, wealthy, and happy. And if you'll just give money and come, that all your problems will go away. And so people, bless their heart, they keep coming and they keep giving and they keep, and they just squeeze the, the blood and the life right out of people. And the only people that are really prospering and having a happy worldly life are the false teachers. Sure, sure. 
Yeah. I mean, it's it's a travesty. It, it really is. It is. And, and, and like I said, I'm going to go back to where I started. The frustrating part of this is how many people that they prey upon. Um, yeah. You know, if, if you – it just seems to me that if there was enough money coming into my ministry – that that I could afford a private plane, uh, and I'm not saying private planes are, are necessarily bad. If you do a lot of traveling, if you do a lot of you know, if if I guess if you buy enough plane tickets to pay for a, pl- a private plane, you might as well buy you a private plane, I reckon. But but right, uh, right. you know, but if 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 the gospel ministry is carrying you that much, then then by all means. But uh, um, you know, I I, I mentioned. Robbie Zacharias here just a little bit ago. I remember reading a story of a conversation that he had with an individual uh, while flying in Economy Plus on Delta Airlines, uh, and this was <laughs> not very long ago. And and, and Robbie Robbie Zacharias International Ministries. There's no telling how much money has passed through that thing. And if I feel like if Robbie wanted a private plane, I'm sure he could afford him uh, afforded him one. Uh, but instead would choose to use that money uh, to invest in the lives of people and, and, and to grow other uh, man, how many, how many, how many preachers could you put through seminary with what it costs to buy a private plane? Um, oh yeah. How many people could you feed and clothe, sure, and provide, sure. he- you know, provide healthcare just in the name of the Lord right. and, and really help them and, and show the world that the church really does care about the whole person right. And I mean, it's like you said, I mean, it, this is something that needs to be addressed. And, and I'm not we're not saying nitpick your preacher for heaven's sakes. We know you're a lot I'll of your pastors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, because I know I, I listen to some of mine and I say, oh, I could have said that better. I should have. You know, we're not advocating, you know, unfair judgment and nitpicking of your pastors or trying to cause division. We're not here to do that, but we're. We're just here to kind of hopefully uh, get back to that old school vintage Christian truth. And we hope that by sharing this real truth, that any deceptions or counterfeit um, lies of the devil that is secretly introduced into the church would not infect you and it would not lead you astray, but that you would know the real truth so you could have real life in Jesus. And that's kind of been our goal. So we pray that, that this podcast here has been a blessing to you. And that um, that you would just be discerning when watching. As sad as I, ha- as sad as we hate to say it, when you watch Christian TV, it doesn't mean it's all Christian. And when you go to the Christian book aisle or your Christian bookstore, it doesn't mean that every smiling face is actually a messenger of God. They could be uh, one of Satan's servants disguised as an angel of light sent to deceive you um, and shipwreck your faith. So just please be careful. Be good, Bereans, Acts 17, 11. Test everything by the word of God. Let that be your standard. Don't let it be your feelings or your emotions or chill bumps or how many people were crying at a church service. That doesn't always mean the Holy Spirit is moving. It could mean a seducing spirit is moving, and he is uh, sending a delusion out among people to deceive them to believe a lie. So, um, so I appreciate Pastor Brian taking time again here tonight to be with us. And... Um, we just love you guys. We're going to continue to pray for our nation and for healing, for compassion and love and respect and mutual understanding. And um, we just thank you all for taking time to listen to uh, this podcast.